Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Good evening, dear followers. I'm your host, Connie. Thank you for joining us today. Our guest is the wonderful Dr. Benjamin Smith. Benjamin, we're delighted to have you with us. It's a pleasure to meet you, Connie, and I appreciate the kind invitation. Thank you once again for being here. In our last episode, we discussed the importance of distinguishing intermediate stages of specific differentiation pathways from other cell lineages. We explored two methods for purifying living cells at various intermediate stages, drug-based selection and cell sorting. Cell sorting, in particular, is valuable for selecting transient intermediate stages. Moving on, we delved into the intermediate stages of endothelial cell differentiation from embryonic stem cells. This process revealed five distinct intermediate stages, defined by the combination of different surface molecules. Furthermore, we learned that endothelial cells derived from embryonic stem cells are now ready for use in cell biology. Today, our focus is on endothelial cell diversification, a process where endothelial cells rapidly differentiate into various subsets during vascular system development. These subsets encompass arterial, venous, lymphatic, and capillary endothelial cells. Could you shed light on the molecules involved in this process? Certainly, Connie. The notch and efferin signaling pathways play pivotal roles in endothelial cell diversification. Defects in these pathways can lead to the failure of endothelial cell diversification, resulting in an inability to form an organized vascular network. Therefore, endothelial cell diversity is a crucial step in vascular remodeling. Mice with no mutations in these genes demonstrate defects in vascular remodeling. However, our understanding of the specific functions of these molecules in endothelial cell diversification remains limited. As previously mentioned, embryonic stem cell differentiation culture is an excellent system for studying differentiating endothelial cells. It has been successful in inducing arterial, venous, and lymphatic endothelial cells, allowing us to explore the cellular and molecular mechanisms that underlie endothelial cell diversification. That's fascinating. Could you provide more details about these mechanisms? Of course. Venous endothelial cells are predominantly induced by vascular endothelial growth factor in the presence of serum. The activation of the CAMP signaling pathway, coupled with vascular endothelial growth factor, triggers notch activation and the development of arterial endothelial cells. Importantly, while vascular endothelial growth factor and notch are essential, they are not sufficient to induce arterial endothelial cells. In vitro, Arterial endothelial cells can be constructively induced from FLK1 positive vascular progenitor cells. This process necessitates the independent contributions of vascular endothelial growth factor notch, and CAMP signaling under minimum sufficient conditions. Furthermore, when FLK1-positive cells are cultured on OP9 cells, lymphatic endothelial cells emerge. 
However, essential molecules alone are insufficient for inducing lymphatic endothelial cells. Additional humoral factors secreted from OP9 cells are also required. This strategy allows for the constructive reproduction of the differentiation of specific cell types, offering insights into the minimum sufficient factors necessary for proper cell differentiation. Moreover, this approach introduces a novel perspective called constructive developmental biology, which can provide fresh insights into vascular development. Your explanation is greatly appreciated. How would you summarize the importance and potential of constructive developmental biology? Consider the example of induced pluripotent stem cells, which can be constructively generated in vitro using a combination of four transcription factors. This demonstrates the potential of constructive developmental biology. While genetic animal models are potent tools in developmental biology and help highlight the essential roles of target genes, they often do not provide a clear understanding of the minimum sufficient conditions. In contrast, in vitro constructive differentiation models and in vivo genetic animal models complement each other, offering a more comprehensive understanding of the underlying mechanisms. You are absolutely correct. In terms of endothelial cell biology, there are indeed many endothelial cell lines available. However, it's essential to consider that these cell lines may lose specific endothelial cell properties during in vitro propagation. Therefore, before utilizing these endothelial cell lines in cell biology studies, we should assess the extent to which they accurately represent normal endothelial cells. Indeed, Connie. This has been a crucial issue that needed clarification before employing endothelial cell lines for cell biology research. There is a possibility of obtaining normal endothelial cells by purifying distinct subsets of endothelial cells from developing embryos. While theoretically possible, it's challenging to sort a sufficient number of cells from the developing vascular system in embryos. On the other hand, the method of preparing endothelial cells through embryonic stem cell differentiation culture is quite feasible and has shown significant potential in studying the cell biology of endothelial cell behavior. Endothelial cells derived from embryonic stem cell cultures retain many normal properties, making this method a valuable means of obtaining normal endothelial cells for cell biology research. Furthermore, it enables the preparation of different subsets with various markers for endothelial cell diversity, as discussed previously. Pilot studies have already demonstrated the usefulness of this method. I appreciate the clarification. As you mentioned earlier, OP9 cells create a microenvironment that supports the clonogenic proliferation of endothelial cell progenitors. Could you elaborate on the characteristics exhibited by endothelial cells in this culture? Certainly, Connie. In this culture, there's a natural balance of angiogenic factors that leads endothelial cell progenitors to form a round colony-like sheet. These cells adhere to each other through VE-cadherin-mediated adherence junctions. The colony-like endothelial cell sheets are valuable for investigating various molecules that affect endothelial cell motility, cell-cell junction formation, and cell shape. For example, the addition of exogenous vascular endothelial growth factors transforms stable round endothelial cell sheets into dispersed clusters. 
Vascular endothelial growth factor receptor signaling plays a role in this transformation as VEGFR3 signaling inhibits dispersion by negatively modulating the VEGFR2 pathway. Additionally, antagonistic monoclonal antibodies against VEK adherin can disrupt cell-cell junctions, thus disturbing the formation of round endothelial cell sheets. This system, when combined with various reagents, enables the monitoring of different molecules associated with cell-cell junctions and even subtle changes in endothelial cell junctions. Thank you for the detailed explanation. I've read about the embryonic stem cell differentiation system being able to replicate early vascular formation processes in a 3D culture. Could you provide more insights into this? Certainly. Cell aggregates composed of purified FLK1 positive progenitor cells are formed through a floating culture method. These aggregates are then cultured in a three-dimensional environment using type I collagen gel. During this process, cells migrate out from the aggregates, forming a vascular-like structure composed of endothelial cell tubes supported by mural cells. This system closely mimics the early vascular formation processes observed in yolk sac blood islands. These processes include vascular cell differentiation, proliferation, migration, cellular interactions, and the formation of complex structures. Using this system, we can assess various aspects of vascular development in vitro, even monitoring the process in real time. For instance, vascular formation can be disrupted by the addition of a neutralizing antibody against neuropolin-1 in this 3D culture, while endothelial cell differentiation remains intact. Furthermore, this system is instrumental in screening for drugs that affect vascular formation. In fact, novel inhibitors of vascular formation have been successfully identified through this method, with some originating from marine sponges. That's truly fascinating. Thank you for your patience and for sharing such incredible insights into these in vitro systems for inducing endothelial cell differentiation and vascular formation from embryonic stem cells. Your dedication to advancing science is admirable. With that, we'll conclude today's discussion and wish you a wonderful day ahead. Thank you very much, Connie. The pleasure was mine.